again. This is Rabbi Jeffrey Sachs of Atid, bringing you another episode of our Jewish Educators Book Club. This time we're particularly proud to be discussing Professor Shalom Rosenberg's In the Footsteps of the Kuzari, An Introduction to Jewish Philosophy, Volume 1. This book was recently co-published by us at Atid, together with Yashar Books, and is available through their website, yasharbooks.com, on amazon.com, and at fine Jewish bookstores everywhere. Volume 2 will appear shortly after Rosh Hashanah, 2008. Recently, Atid's Director of Projects and Research, Dr. Joel Finkelman, sat down for a conversation with Professor Rosenberg about the significance of this volume, its potential to serve as a resource to Jewish educators, and to students of Jewish thought everywhere. I am uh, here with Professor Shalom Rosenberg uh, in conversation about his recently published book, uh, In the Footsteps of the Kuzari, which is an English translation of his important and influential Hebrew book, the Ikvota Kuzari, which was uh, translated uh, for uh, Yeshiva Taratzion's virtual Beit Midrash and was recently um, published in a uh, thoroughly re-edited um, and uh, re-edited um, translation by uh, Atid and by Ashar Books. Uh, and um, I'd like to thank the Virtual Beit Midrash uh, and Atid. I want to ask you, Professor Rosenberg, uh, how did this book happen? It's kind of a, a non-standard uh, book. It doesn't quite match the academic uh, genre. It doesn't quite uh, match the popular genres. Uh, how did it happen? Well, uh, in a way, we, I can say that uh, I wanted to uh, write a book that my children will be able to read. <laughs> Not only I am speaking my children like uh, an example of, uh, from one side, uh, people they are not only they are not interested in uh, what we can call um, call. Uh, kind of a very, very academic analysis of the text. And in the other side, I also want to bring to the general public some of the, uh, we can say, discovery of the analysis, of academic analysis, but in a way that can be understood by all, all intelligent men, all, all people that have a minimum of uh, education and of Jewish education. And my main idea was what was uh, what would uh, Rabbi Yudha Levi said if he would have lived with us and he will, he will be would have been able to compare his uh, ideas that was based in the science and in the philosophy of his age and uh, if he, he could have translated uh, his uh, ideas to our modern postmodern world. This was the idea of the book. Mm -hmm. uh, you, you say what would Rabbi Yudah Levi have said if he yes. was yes. with us today. From reading the book I get the impression that there's a certain autobiographical element that may be less what Rabbi Yudah Levi would say <laughs> um, but perhaps what Shalom Rosenberg would say now that he is alive and with us. So, but I hope that it's correct because I think I we can say uh, I was working in uh, writing this book, I would say, for many tens of years, because all my studies were directed in order to understand what philosophy is. But on the other side, I would insist that I am speaking about uh, Rabbi Levi conceptions. 
and also about people that developed Rabbi Levi's conceptions in, we can say, uh, he is present here. Of course, it's my view, my interpretation, we can say, what, what I added to it, but it's still, we say, uh, the whole approach of, of Rabbi Levi. And uh, I, I agree with you that uh, my whole, uh, we can say, intellectual life, and even more of it, my whole life is uh, present in this book. It's my book, and I, uh, of course. Um, you, you talk in the introduction um, about uh, the role of teaching and education and pedagogy. Um, and, uh, and could you talk a little bit about how you would anticipate this kind of work or this kind of analysis to be used in an educational context? Uh, well, uh, I think that uh, an educator has to translate his ideas in uh, a pedagogical and uh, methodical way. This is the idea. If he doesn't have his uh, theology or his ideas, then he can do nothing. And uh, in my opinion, it is not exactly the problem how how many students he will have. Perhaps uh, the ideas would not be accepted in uh, uh, special in in uh, in some kind of setting of uh, we can say cultural setting that exists uh, today, and uh, especially if we look into the in the what we can call the all uh, religious. Uh, uh, the religious world that we live, Jewish religious world that we live uh, today, I don't exactly if um, all of them will accept what I read. Uh, I propose here, we can say, a uh, orthodox but non-fundamentalistic approach. This is, uh, we can say, the ideas. Something like uh, saying uh, there is an orthodoxy and real orthodoxy also for you that you are in the middle of an academic world or you are in some we can say in the world of biology or in the world of physics that you will not accept, you cannot accept or you will not accept, it doesn't matter uh, some of the fundamentalistic uh, of the fundamentalistic approach uh, in, in, in some ways but uh, I, I think that we have to bring an option another option, an option in what I believe, I believe in this option, the, the real option, but we must do present an option. Other people, other options exist in the market. But uh, I think that uh, the approach of uh, Yudalevi and also of Maimonides, there is uh, some kind of option for uh, the people, they, they want a, a kind of, uh, they want uh, Jewish philosophy, Jewish thought, and Jewish theology that uh, is uh, connected in one side to the concept of our age, and on the other side, to the eternal uh, concept of Jewish, uh, Jewish uh, life. And in this way, I would say that uh, there is a, a very, very uh, direct um, pedagogical message. The message is that uh, we, uh, the, for the student that uh, is... Uh, that lives in the world in, in the uh, uh, philosophical, scientific and uh, uh, cultural world of our age he must be presented in a, in, in a way with the uh, Jewish form of thinking of the Jewish world 
in a language that is uh, directed to him, that he can understand and uh, he is able to assimilate. This is, this is the aim of, we can say, of, uh, of my work. In a language that I think it is true in our days. It, I am sure that in a couple of uh, decades, in a couple of, uh, I don't know exactly, of centuries, uh, we will look into uh, this kind of analysis, if uh, the book will exist, but uh, this kind of analysis, like a uh, very antiquated, something the, the same way that we look today to the chemistry of, uh, of Rabbi Udalevi, for instance, what he said. But still, there is uh, the kind of, of, uh, of synthesis that we can do between the two worlds is very, very important. Do you imagine this is a book that could be used directly in an educational context, in a, in a high school classroom, in a post-high school classroom? Uh, well, uh, first of all, I know, by, uh, I know what, what happened with the book in Hebrew. And uh, I am preparing a new edition. This is one of the reasons that I don't publish it uh, in a new, uh, a, again, in an illustrated edition. This is my aim to do it. And uh, the problem is that uh, the teachers use the book. And for teachers, it's very, very important. In my opinion, for uh, post-secondary, uh, uh, we can say, uh, students, it's an open book. They will understand it. I am not saying that we'll understand every page but they will uh, really profit from it and they will understand most of the things there are and there are some places they will have to study a little more but I am sure that is exactly for, for them like we can say uh, people in the first years of the university but people in the yeshivot and this I, have, uh, I know very well how they, they read the book and they are interested in the book and okay be very problematic parts of the book that not no uh, not all of them, not all the people will accept, but I think that it's important and interesting for them to debate it and to also to uh, erase it. <laughs> Forget of them. Don't accept what you don't, uh, <laughs> what you cannot uh, digest. You, you, you spoke also in the introduction and also now about um, the, the attempt to find a middle ground between the dry and uh, yes. and and the highly uh, specialized academic world and the world of drasha in which everything is contemporary and uh, to my mind this book is an excellent example of doing it um, but I'm still no closer to understanding how to do it myself <laughs> um, I still struggle with the same problem in my own teaching I struggle with it uh, in my own thinking as a religious person, I see my students struggling with that problem, and and often when people attempt to do that, it fails either because because they end up drifting in the direction of of drasha, which which is not compelling intellectually, or they uh, or, or they fail to bridge the gap between the past and the present. Well, first of all, I thank you very much if you if you. I say, if you say that uh, there is, uh, I succeeded in bringing to a middle way between uh, uh, the dryness and uh, two wet drashot on the other side, but uh, the, uh, the, the thing is this: I was, I am in, uh, I began my explorations in philosophy. I can tell you almost 60 years ago. Then my teacher, beloved, one of my beloved teachers, Rabbi Finn, gave me my, the first book on Maimonides after Bar Mitzvah. And uh, really, I uh, and uh, many times from we can say when I began to teach, 
uh, till today, I am, uh, I am a teacher. <laughs> and uh, there is, a, in a way, a Darwinistic, we can say the only where Darwin was right, that if you want to survive uh, from one side and you want to develop uh, uh, something that you want to bring to the, to the students, something significant, then you have to find a way. And I think that uh, there are ways. Uh, the way of, uh, of uh, using, uh, in a way, uh, some kind. And, and I, I think there is, there is a way, historical way, uh, that uh, we can uh, go after it. The problem is this, that in my opinion, philosophy must be added by imagination. If you don't bring together the abstraction, the very, very uh, stratospheric abstraction of philosophy, if you don't want if you don't uh, bring it together with the to earth uh, 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 you can say uh, imagination then you are lost you are like, lost uh, not only like Rambaman prophecy that, yeah, exactly this is the idea if uh, if you don't do it together not only for your uh, students but for your, yourself I think that if I don't have the image of uh, of uh, a, a, a philosophical statement then they don't understand it it, it's clear for me. You have to bring the philosophy to make it in some kind of, of, of uh, like you say, a Rambamian philosophy that you can in, a, in a, about prophecy. Okay, this is but there is a danger in it, but you can only uh, some uh, say the opposite. If you have to resort to a mashal to explain it, to a parable to explain it, it's a sign that you don't understand it. Well, okay, then uh, they are blessed. <laughs> Please do it. I, I think in the opposite, in, in the opposite direction, and I think it from uh, we can say my mathematical studies also. If you don't, if uh, I, I, I am uh, still the uh, uh, in, in in a way of, of uh, when when I began to find uh, books of mathematics, they don't have illustrations. Why not? You, you have to uh, uh, visualize the things, you have to manage imaginations, is only an help, is not exactly the, the uh, we can say, no, neither the definition nor the, the content of philosophy, but you have to understand it. And this is what I, I try to do here also, and I still, I think I am still trying to do in uh, many, many places. In my opinion, this was done also by the Chachamim, by the sages, in many, many places, like the Ola Gada is some way of, to put into uh, and, and open. But this is only like opening the doors of, of philosophy. The, after this, you have to understand uh, the concept of, of uh, we can say, of uh, of uh, some kind of totally abstract thinking. You have to do it. But there is still uh, something in the way. Um, I, I want to move on to several spe more specific issues that you raise in the book and ask a few follow-up questions. W one of your central points um, that you really see as as part of the central message of the opening passages of uh, of of Sefer Akuzari is what you call uh, the isms. Uh, Judaism's or Torah's relationship with the contemporary um, trends, fads of the day. And the position that you stake out or that you stake out in the name of Rabbi Yudha Levi is that um, even when we cannot directly answer the specific questions that are raised by contemporary ideas, that we often need to take a step back and realize that today's uh, popular trend is tomorrow's um, 
is tomorrow's uh, obsolete, uh, obsolete uh, obsolescence. And, and uh, we have to have some intellectual and spiritual patience to realize that not every question uh, is, uh, is the end of the discussion and not every fad is the end of the discussion. Um, on the other hand, that doesn't directly solve the problem of somebody who's facing one of those trends today. Somebody who, um, who, who is struggling with the problems of biblical archaeology. Somebody who's struggling with the problems of uh, the historicization of, of, of texts that we deem holy. Somebody who is struggling with uh, be- belief in God in an age when philosophy um, no longer makes that connection directly. Um, the, the tack of intellectual patience and taking a step back until the trends pass uh, is possible for somebody who's willing to wait. But not all of our students and not all of ourselves um, are willing to wait, number one. And number two, we still have to address the specific questions that come up. Well, some of the questions I addressed in other chapters, uh, of course, but uh, I can only tell you, uh, say you something that in my opinion is very, very important because I brought some of the isms there that I were very important in the modern world, but now we are in a totally different uh, setting, a totally different uh, culture that is characterized by what we call postmodernism. And I didn't attack uh, very much this uh, problem. I didn't deal with the problem. I, I am dealing uh, with it in another, uh, we can say, I hope someday will be a third volume. <laughs> but uh, there is a, there is a, and we see already here uh, the differences between them. But uh, what I think we have, we have to understand is that uh, we, uh, apparently, in my opinion, not only apparently, the world is uh, not... The, the, our knowledge of the world is not close, it's not holistic, it's not uh, something that uh, we can call <coughs> a, coherent, a coherent view of the world. That means that it's something built on, uh, on, on, on the world as we perceive it, some kind of uh, full with contradictions and full with problems. This is not only a problem of religious thinkers or religious people is a, pro- a human problem in general that means that there are there are something like breaks like like a, 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 a different different position that we can it's not easy to put them together and this is more or less the idea that I uh, sometimes I present uh, represents in my opinion the thinking of uh, Rabbi Nachman Braslov, and also a little in the thinking of, of Arav Kuk. I think that uh, Arav Kuk, for instance, and in a way is continuing the way of the Kuzari, presented us what we have, what I have called uh, orthodox but not fundamentalistic. Many of the answers of these questions are non-fundamentalistic fundamentalistic answers. Like, uh, Could you define that term? I, I don't remember if I defined it here, but I think it's, it's, it's a very... In a way, the old book is a, is a book of non, non-fundamentalistic that I present uh, different ways. Like, okay, let us say... In my, let us say... This is the word, more or less, of Araf Cook, and I think I brought it here. I don't remember already all the details, uh, what I put here, what I put in other places, but in a way you can say, let us say that you are right, that they are right, that, that they accept. Now... How uh, the idea of Rav Kook is that you have to construct Judaism 
above the contradiction. That means, let us accept the, the argument of the, uh, what I call in Hebrew the memayen, of the denier, is correct. Let us accept it in our concept. Okay, Tr- n- n- let us now reconstruct Judaism, even if this is, uh, cor- even this is correct, if the, uh, is, uh, uh, we can say, <coughs> his contentions are correct, and you can do it. And you can do it. Now, you, in a way, you elevated the Judaism in another, in another, uh, uh, in another level. You have brought it more, more, more and more, uh, we can say, higher, higher uh, perspective. And after this, you can go back and uh, discuss in an objective way what is the truth about the, about uh, the scientific contentions. And I am not sure that uh, he is right. Everywhere. That means, but you have the, the problem is we, we, uh, there is in the Judaism, yes, in Judaism, the presence. For instance, uh, let us say, um, even uh, even in the things uh, I wrote an article about it, even in uh, things that to do with uh, biblical criticism or other other things. But uh, the classical, <coughs> the classical uh, uh, questions that we can uh, uh, think about them. For instance, the question of evolution. So what? Let us say that evolution is right. Is there a message, a, Jew, a Jewish message, uh, that has to do a relation with evolution? Evolution may be right, but there is a divine hand, there is, a, a, there is the printing of the finger of God in, in, in evolution, in the way like evolution developed. And there is, there is a, a, you can say, there is a, a religious concept a necessary religious concept because the other position, in my opinion, are absurd. But again, I can accept what you say. This is what I try to develop here. I can accept what you say, but in the other side, there is a, we can say we are speaking about a, a, a kind of, of a divine direction of the evolution. Now, after this, then this problem becomes, we can say, a neutral problem from my point of view. And I, I think that uh, we, uh, evolution is uh, partly correct and partly, um, partly it uh, serves an anti-religious way of thinking. And this is the reason because uh, many of his contentions are accepted uh, in, in a way. Okay, you can say it. You are against me. Please <laughs> say it. And, uh, but I, I think that... Uh, uh, this is uh, the way like in many of the other things but in the other side there are problems where not but you have to prove this is my religious contention and you are incorrect for instance I believe in the survival of the soul survival of the soul in this world I'm not speaking only of the other world <laughs> people are uh, 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 there are many many people who work with the brain and they say that uh, we are only a uh, a computer, a very, very complex computer, and uh, we don't have a, 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 we don't have something that we call soul. We have to understand what the world is. I'm not speaking some kind of ectoplasm or some kind of idea. I'm speaking about so now. In, in this point, we can say, okay, now we are in a war, and I, I adhere, I, 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 I think that we are right, and we believe there is something in the man that is different from the monkey, but also different from the computer. And uh, in this way, we are, we are making our bet. Uh, our bet, we're making our, our commitment, we, we believe there is something special, different in the men, in the men and, and something that is uh, very important and, and that, makes, that gives 
kind of, of significance and of relevance to being a human being. And in this, is, this is the basis of morality, of ethics, this is the basic of religion. And here we are in the middle of a war. Who will win the war? Okay. We, we, but I am sure that uh, science can, has also limits. And uh, it cannot go uh, past these limits because this is part of what, uh, what I think we are doing. And in, uh, in my opinion, everyone all over the world not only Jews, not only believers, is, uh, his life is like betting, is ma- making a bet, making an, 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 uh, some kind of an, uh, world hypothesis of what the world is, what our life is. And we are making uh, our Jewish hypothesis of the world. We believe in revelation, we believe in God's, uh, in, uh, God's inspiration, but we are in, in, in the market I can put it in the market of ideas, we are presenting our world hypothesis. And our world hypothesis is a hypothesis of believers. And I am not saying people white. I only say that I, I think that I am saying that uh, uh, there are, you can do both things, but you, you have to be critical. You have to be critical from some Jewish very... Uh, uh, fundamentalist uh, positions, but also you have to be very critical of uh, scientific contentions when they are not only scientific, but they are not only theories. I, I think theory is a wonderful word, but they are contentions that they are based on uh, um, on uh, human uh, on non-scientific position, on philosophical position, positions, and then you have to be very critical of it not to accept it, like, even there are many things that come from very, very big and important philosophers, uh, the scientists, and, but they are not science. They are speaking, like, about politics. They are speaking about their concepts. They may be right, they may be uh, unjust, but on the other side, also, in, in uh, what are the conclusions of science? And there, I am asking for the, for the student, the man that is outside there, he should be critical of what he is listening, and he has to make some kind of, of uh, filtering of the teachers that he accepts. That is an interesting, the last point is a, is a fascinating pedagogic point, and to some degree flies in the face of what often passes for religious education in the Orthodox world, meaning um, the notion that it is, not only that students will filter what their teachers say, but that they ought to. Mm-hmm. that students ought to go into the classroom, whether the science classroom or the Chumash classroom or the Gemara classroom, and they ought mm-hmm. to be uh, critical of what they hear. They ought to place themselves uh, in a position of questioning about what they're teaching, distinguishing between where the teacher is speaking from a position of scientific authority or from the authority of the text and where the teacher is speaking from his or her own personal position. Um, how do you get students to do that, number one? And, and number two, what are the dangers that, that might be involved? <coughs> well, the dangers are clear because I think that you, to be in this position, you have to study. That means you have to, to study, to, to read, to, to uh, try to understand, and uh, it takes time. It takes time. It's not a problem that in, in our time, more or less, the students may begin in the, the first class. You already it's already critical of everything that uh, that uh, appears, and I think this is part of our evolution. 
I don't believe that the, the teachers, the, 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 the problem is in this, that uh, 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 students can be critical and has to be critical if he hears different teachers. That means he cannot only in the beginning, he, he, he can develop and be critical by himself uh, but, uh, or by herself. But uh, in a way, the, the way how, how we, uh, there is something wonderful in, in Jewish thinking, in Jewish thought, and in Jewish thinking, that we have uh, the idea of the machloket. The idea of the machloket, everyone spoke about the idea of the machloket, but I think we have to understand the idea of the machloket in another way also. And uh, the, the situation is this, that uh, we, uh, we have some uh, Maimonidian works and anti-Maimonidian works, of course. And uh, Maimonides, in my opinion, the Rambam was the most important fighter against fundamentalism. And fundamentalism for us was very, very basic, like, was it the image of God? And here we find already one of the most uh, difficult and creative ideas that I will say about it in, in, in a moment. But uh, you, you, uh, you can, there are many people there, for them there is enough to have one, uh, one current, one idea, and there are many people, and I'm not against them. Uh, I, I, am, I, I don't want to try to change uh, people, I don't want to try to, uh, uh, to make uh, every, every man and woman a philosopher. No, I think it's a pity that they are not philosophers, but I, uh, I am not trying to do some kind of proselytism, of, of uh, missionarism, but no. But the, the problem is different. If somebody has uh, his rabbi goes in this world, okay. But in the other side, we are in, in a problem of, uh, of choosing, of choosing. If there are different rabbis, then uh, I can accept the authority of the rabbi, but I have to choose the rabbi. It means, in a way, I am, I am free. And uh, this is my responsibility, to know who is the rabbi. And it may be that in some issues, one is the rabbi, and the other issues, another is the rabbi. That means, and I'm speaking about halacha. I am not speaking about, absolutely about this. I'm speaking about, now, ideas about philosophy. If there are, uh, there are different uh, people that presented me for these ideas, and I think that uh, I have the right and the responsibility to... Uh, study them, and in a way also to, for myself to make some kind of psakalacha, of, of decision, not in alacha, but in agada, in ideas. Whom, uh, who is my, who accept, and what is the idea they accept from this man and from this man and from other man. I have to be, and there is some kind of paradox. From one side, everyone, every teacher, every man has to be, we can say, very, very strong in his ideas. He has to be almost exclusivist in his ideas. But you have to put the student before different ideas, different rabbis, different concepts. That means if, if a man doesn't believe in what he is saying, then he cannot be a teacher. On the other side, for the student, he has to listen to some teachers. And he has to be like a bee that takes us a sweets from different flowers, he has, he has to take from, in, in, in speaking about, again, about uh, ideas, about uh, philosophy, about Agadah, about thinking, he has to take from uh, the different men whatever speaks to him. And uh, I will be very glad if, uh, if people will uh, not accept what I am saying, but uh, some of the things I think he could accept. And it's very important to bring a different voice, a voice that speaks the, in the tradition 
and this is what I, I think is very important in the tradition of the <coughs> a big uh, Jewish philosopher, but not only of them, of the tradition of the teachers in the last 200 years. Some like uh, Arab Soloveitchik, like Shimshon Raphael Hirsch, like uh, all their uh, uh, continuation, of course, uh, like Arab Cook, and, but also uh, Rabbi Mahmoud Ibrahim and of course also Rabbi Tzadok and other men. Okay, this is what I think we have to do. On, on the uh, contemporary Orthodox scene, <coughs> my sense is that that's generally not the case. That okay. students go to a particular school, they go to a particular yeshiva, they hear the voice of that yeshiva, uh, that institution, that teacher, and often the uh, exposure to a variety of voices is, is relatively limited. Well, I can say I have, uh, I have one point in my favor, that I was, I was apparently a very bad student. Because I, I never could accept the ideas of my teachers or my ideas, but I, every one of them g- gave me something very important, something very important, and I uh, really, I think everyone that I found, uh, and I think that it is important. But this is a problem. Uh, I, I would say this is some kind of uh, high political problem, not a political in the better way, but a strategic problem. And I would say that it's a mistake. That uh, uh, you, have to, uh, you have to present at least, and it's very, very difficult what I am saying here, and I know that I am still uh, many times with my students, and my students are not exactly uh, high school, school students, they are already, we are speaking already in, in the university students, and also in, uh, in many of uh, the religious college, colleges that are developing, Sometimes there is a problem with it, but I think that I have to present them with the problems that they can meet outside the yeshiva, and not to close myself exactly with the problems. And this is, this is a, what I say is my tactic, or my strategy. in a way it's a strategic, it's more than tactic, but we can say I have to present them with a the different problem. For some of them it's something like poisoning their, their soul, why do we need to listen about things, and it, it happened to me a couple of weeks ago that I present some kind of a analysis of text, new analysis of text that they are being doing. Some of them are really, in my opinion, terrible. And I uh, presented to the students one uh, example of an awful and terrible analysis of text, and, and an answer of uh, in Agadai, an answer of a very important uh, man not from a religious point of view, but from a hermeneutical point of view against them. And one of the students came to me, why, why did you give me to read this uh, awful, uh, awful idea, this something? Okay, I understand very well, but we uh, live in a world where the poisons exist, the problems exist. And not only poisons, there are problems, there are situations, and I think we have to deal with them. This is, uh, in my opinion, very important, and I think that you cannot close your, uh, your ears. It, only if you, belong, you will live in some kind of ghetto structure, that may be. In my opinion, uh, we have to do the other side, but uh, okay. don't buy the book. Um, uh, one final question before we end. What, what do you think are the central questions, or the central directions, or the central ideas that ought to be on the agenda of Jewish philosophical thinking uh, for the coming years? Well, uh, many of them I presented in, in the book. I think there are many things that I didn't present, and 
I was working and perhaps uh, in another edition I, I think we have to add another uh, chapters, especially of the problems of postmodernism that are really different from the problems of uh, with the isms. Very interesting. Something like uh, changed, in my opinion, not in a favorable way, not in a very good way, but I think we we, we went back in, in some uh, concepts that has to do with, with this. And, uh, but there are uh, many other issues that I developed in uh, articles, like, uh, for instance, uh, the relationship, of course, in my opinion, to women. It's very important, uh, and, uh, the, the concept of, uh, of Jewish religion and women, this is one of the points. But uh, also uh, the concept of autonomy, in, in another way, that also, and, and, and many other uh, problems that are in our life, but uh, in a way, uh, we can say that um, there is there is something very strange, and I think that you have said it in in, in other words. From one side, we have problems here in this world, problems very very near. That's to do. We can say they are in the newspapers. These problems, like problems. One of the less problems that appear, the problem of Giyur, <coughs> of conversion, for example. But there are many other problems. Our relationship to homosexuality, for instance, there are problems that has to be dealt. It's not, uh, they are not here. On the other side, I think that we still need to go back kind of principles or beginnings, like going back, for instance, to the very uh, first ideas of the Rambam. Apparently, they are not to do with uh, with uh, the concept of today, like how, for instance, the language problem of the language, religious language, is what we are doing in uh, philosophical. But because I, I, in a way, I say I think that uh, people need also this part. They not only need the newspaper; they need some kind of of, of uh, general framework for for ideas. And this is also that uh, this is the reason because I want to go back to to the ideas. And one of my dreams would be that if uh, we can, I can write another book in the footsteps of the Rambam. <laughs> because there is a totally different. What is wonderful in the Kuzari is that he speaks to us in our life. In, in, uh, for instance, in the ideas of Jewish peoplehood, the ideas of the Jewish state, the ideas of Israel, but also the ideas of the conflict with other religions, the ideas of, the, of history, the Rambam is very much uh, philosophical. He also speaks about these ideas, but one phrase here and another phrase in, in after after uh, some chapters is a totally different world. But still, these ideas are very important. And in my opinion, we still, are, for instance, we I think that uh, ideas come back in our generation, but we have to think about it. In my opinion, for instance, what is doing today with mysti- mystical thinking, on one side is important and the other side is totally degradating and, and destructive and deconstructing even. That, uh, what are you presented like Jewish mysticism? And uh, it has to do, for instance, uh, very, very much with uh, the problem of sexuality in, in our world. And uh, also there we need, we need to, to uh, open doors and to, uh, and, and to fight and to answer Problems that are being uh, presented today by people that are projecting, projecting into the world of, of uh, the ancient world of the Jewish classical world their own life. 
And this is something, if I do it, then I have to ask uh, uh, forgiveness. Because I, 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 uh, you can project your thinking, you can project your life, but I think that you don't have to project your, uh, uh, your uh, Yetzarim, your things, your, your all, all problems in this concept. This is something that is happening in, in, again. We are presented in much of this, like mythology being revived. In, in our world, there is something very, very anarchic. In uh, I said it in a way. There are times, times in history, in, in uh, intellectual history, where there is some one authority, or maybe two. Some authority. Now we have in a totally anarchic world that everything goes. And this is you. You can read, for instance, the, <coughs> the list of the conferences they are giving in the pseudo tikkun lel shabuot, and you will see everything can go. This is something very important. I am not saying that everything can say what he wants, but uh, still, the, you need some kind of, of uh, uh, responsibility. Responsibility means study and understand and saying. When you are saying, when you are presenting the, inter- the eternal sources, and when you are presenting your own one-sided position. And this is very important as well. Okay, I want to thank you, Professor Rosenberg, for your time. We are looking forward to uh, the appearance of Volume 2 uh, of the book, God willing, in, uh, 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 in October November of uh, of 2008. And once again, thank you for your time. Thank you.